0: Let's get your federal election update, shall we? It's coming up October the 21st. A lot of people remain though undecided. I've heard people say that over and over and over again. Well, hopefully a couple of things will help you this week. One, you've got advanced polling that is starting Friday, October the 11th. It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Those are the advanced polling days. Check your voter information card that should have arrived at your house by now for more information on where you can vote for advanced voting. It's different from your on the day of the vote uh, location. Second thing that might help you actually with a little more clarity on who you might want to vote for is what's going on this afternoon BC time. 4pm this afternoon is when the uh, English language leaders debate will kick off. It's two hours long. We will have it for you. Of course, live commercial free right here on 980 CKNW. Uh, So there'll be a lot I think of people watching that just to get a sense uh, maybe of what direction they should go in. Because if you look at the polling, we're in a dead heat. And that's what we wanted to talk about right now. And Ipsil's poll conducted exclusively for Global News between October the 4th and October the 7th found that support for the Liberals... Up one percentage point to 35%. Uh, down three percentage points for the Conservatives to 34% from last week. But you know what that still means? It's within the margin of error here. So we're still not seeing any kind of breakout moments for the big parties. Let's talk more about that polling and what it showed. Sean Simpson joins us now, Vice President of Ipso. Sean, thanks for being here. Uh, great, uh, Great. Thanks for having me. Okay, let's talk about what this poll showed. What was most striking for you when you looked at it?
1: Well, any time one party seems to pull away a little bit, last week it was the Tories by a couple of points, uh, it just snaps back and we're back into a, a, a tie position, uh, which is where we started the campaign. So uh, it, it seems to be perpetually in a deadlock, and I think Canadians are looking uh, for something to help break the tie, and uh, that could be the leaders' debate tonight.
0: How high is the decided undecided vote right now?
1: Well, we've got about one in 10 Canadians who say they have no clue who they're going to vote for. But among those people who uh, say that they're going to vote for a particular party, only 50% of them are absolutely certain that that's who they're uh, actually going to to vote for on election day, which means that the other 50% aren't uh, entirely committed to their choice and could still be swayed. Okay, and do you see any movement of any party right now? Well, in Quebec, there has been some significant movement. Um, in the aftermath of the French-language debate last week, uh, the commentary uh, and analysis that c- uh, came out in, in the French-language media uh, surrounding Andrew Scheer uh, was, was not at all uh, favorable. Uh, and so what we're seeing in that province uh, is that the Conservatives are down by about five points, couple of the, uh, the other parties down a few points as well. But the primary beneficiary within uh, Quebec is the Bloc Québécois up nine points to 30% of the popular vote, uh, showing a lot of strength in uh, in rural Quebec uh, and likely poised to win. Many of those seats That the NDP are set to lose this time around.
0: All right. So what between the Greens and the NDP then, that has always been a bit of a close battle. At least polling has showed us. Where are we at with that?
1: Yeah, well, the NDP seemed to be stagnant. Uh, for most of the campaign, they've been around 14%, uh, 15% uh, of the vote. Jagmeet Singh can't seem to break through. Elizabeth May and the Green Party at one point were up in the double digits, 11% uh, support at one point a couple weeks ago, now down to only 7% uh, of the vote. I think a lot of people uh, who were maybe considering a vote for the Green Party have decided to uh, back one of the leading uh, horses in this race, uh, acknowledging, that in most ridings the green party still isn't really uh, competitive
0: so can you tell where that four points went
1: uh most of it back to the uh to the liberal party um you know there's not a lot of uh conservative green party switchers <laughs> as you can imagine um so when the the tory when the liberals were behind by a couple of points part of that reason was simply because the green party was uh was elevated uh, you know with, with with but all along the green party support was softer meaning people were less committed to that choice right and uh, as we get closer to election day we're seeing uh the the fruits of that meaning that people who were once considered the Green Party, but only, you know, mildly have have gone back to the liberals, essentially. So
0: you're looking at the top two parties, then still pretty much a dead heat, though, right? Because isn't that within the margin of error?
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's one point now. So yeah, that's a statistical tie. And the tie is also reflected in, in some of the key regions. In British Columbia, for example, the Liberals and Tories are within one point. That's a, a dead heat. Um, and British Columbia is unique insofar as all four parties have, you know, at least 10% support. Uh, the Greens will obviously make up some seats, uh, on the island, but, um, on the mainland and, and in the interior, it's really anybody's game. Um, and so, uh, in such a, a tight race that, Normally, elections are are resolved once the Ontario uh, uh, votes are counted. This could be a late night in two weeks' time where British Columbia could have a really important impact in determining uh, what the outcome of the election is.
0: Right. Last week, it also looked like the Conservatives were on the upswing in Ontario. How does that look now?
1: Uh, Not much has changed in Ontario. Uh, Province-wide, the Liberals are ahead by by two points. That's essentially where they were uh, last week. Even though the Tories had a little bit of momentum, that seems to have stalled. I think Ontario is waiting for tonight, uh, hoping for something to happen. I'm not even sure they, they know, you know, what it's going yeah, to be a lot or where it'll go. Yeah, but anything, you know, and, and tonight I think is the stakes couldn't be higher for Andrew Scheer. Given his performance in the French debate last week, he has one chance really yeah. to impress English Canada. Tonight's his night, and uh, I think people are waiting to see whether he's up to the job. Jeez, you think he'd be running away with it.
0: I think that's the impression, right? You think, why isn't he farther out ahead
1: well, given you know what's plagued the Liberals in yeah. the last uh, couple of months, or really the better part of a year, uh, you know this election is is tailor made for uh, for Andrew Shear to to step in and and, uh, and and take the reins. He hasn't been able to do that. Uh, he's running behind his party in terms of the person that Canadians think would make the best Prime Minister. Even though we have a top line tie in terms of popular vote on the best PM metric, Trudeau's up by five points despite everything that's happened.
0: You're kidding! Look, that didn't change in the last couple of weeks.
1: Uh, Well, actually, uh, what's changed in the last couple of weeks is that uh, what used to be a tie on that metric is now a Trudeau advantage.
0: Really? Now, Sean, tell me, is this not one of the more interesting like polling wise elections that you have followed in a while?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, there's some fundamental questions that we look at, for example, approval ratings and the proportion who believe that the government deserves re-election. Normally, approval ratings are, you know, 10 points ahead of the proportion who believe they deserve to be re-elected. But in this case, they're actually only within a couple points of each other. The fact that the prime minister has had so many challenges and yet continues to be the person who Canadians think would make the best prime minister. It's all sort of um, confounding and and uh, 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 confusing at times. Uh, even though there's lots of noise, nothing seems to be happening. It's it's almost like a campaign without a pulse. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, it certainly seems that way. And yet, there does seem to be uh, a level of interest from the public. I thought it would be one where people tuned out, but they're not. Everywhere I go, people are still talking about this thing.
1: Well, particularly in British Columbia, where uh, many of the parties or, you know, all four parties uh, are are competitive in in many ridings. Um, And in British Columbia, we actually see the highest proportion of Canadians saying that they're absolutely certain to vote. I think British Columbians recognize that there's a lot at stake here. There's many issues important to British Columbians, affordability, climate change, pipelines. And, uh, you know, when there's a lot at stake, people are more likely to go out and vote. And we're seeing that uh, on the West Coast.
0: Right. OK, so what are you looking for then uh, over the next, say, 48 hours after the debate?
1: Well, there's a couple of things, and it's really more than 48 hours. It's for the last two weeks of the campaign. One, I'm looking at, you know, what's happening in the 905 region of uh, the greater Toronto area because there are almost three dozen ridings there, many of which are swing ridings. I'm looking at the degree to which um, uh, votes are going to split among the progressive parties. So if the Green Party starts going up in the polls, that's bad news for the Liberals and good news for the Tories. And the third thing I'm looking for is the extent to which millennials are excited to go out and vote for Justin Trudeau. They delivered his majority government in 2015, and it's up to them to decide whether or not they want to see the Liberals or the Conservatives in power in two weeks.
0: I guess we have to figure out whether that group will come out with any enthusiasm to vote right now.
1: Yep, because if people over the age of 35, if they were the only people that voted, the Conservatives would win. So the you know the strength of, of a Conservative government or whether the Conservatives form government at all is entirely dependent on whether millennials show up and vote. It's that simple.
0: Isn't that interesting? Then, Because you, then you would think if that's the case, they would be tailoring more policies towards young people to get them to come out and vote for them.
1: Well, and the, I think the Liberals are trying to do that. Um, you know, in, in 2015, much was made about the increase in voter turnout. It went up by about seven points nationally. But what that masks is that voter turnout did not increase really among boomers or among Gen Xers. It was a nearly 20 point increase among people under the age of 35. They got out and voted and, you know, disproportionately for Justin Trudeau and the Liberal Party. I I don't know if I'm seeing that amount of enthusiasm again for the Liberals in our numbers among Millennials. Certainly more likely to say that they're going to vote for the Liberals, but I don't know whether they're right. going to show up to the same extent that they did last
0: time. And do you ever ask the question, Sean, of the intention that people have to vote?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. we ask people, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, how how likely are you yeah. to actually show up and vote? And uh, people over the age of 55, you know, 80% of them say yes. that they're going to show up <laughs> and vote. The Gen Xers, you know, it's usually around 65% say they're going to show up and vote. Among those people under the age of 35, it's less than half.
0: Wow. Okay. That's clearly going to be a big deciding factor then. Uh, Sean, thank you so much.
1: It's been my pleasure.
0: So interesting that it's Sean Simpson, Vice President of Ipsos, breaking down their latest polling, which shows that we are still pretty much in a dead heat and we are getting closer and closer to the election. Sean makes an excellent point. He feels a lot of people are waiting for this English language debate tonight. It is the leaders debate. All the party leaders will be in it. It will be everywhere. It'll be on every channel. It's going to be on, on our station here on 980C starting at four o'clock. We will have it live, commercial-free, Two hours of helping you to decide who it is that you're going to vote for. And just given what Sean described here, the breakdown of where we're at kind of with polling, the pressure on these individual party leaders is intense. They're trying to score points against somebody else. They're trying to make themselves look better. I mean, that's that's a pretty intense situation. So, yes, I'm definitely going to be uh, watching and listening tonight to see how that goes and you can bet we're going to talk about it. You know, as you're watching it tonight, feel free to drop me an email and let me know what your impressions were because yeah, we are going to talk about it tomorrow. So simi at cknw.com and once again, I can't say this enough, please check your voting card. Advance polls start Friday, October the 11th. That's coming up at the end of this week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. You can vote in advance polls, but just check your card because your advance polling location is different than your voting day location. Uh, But Go ahead, get that done. Get it out of the way. Just hold your nose, do what you got to do. I don't care who you're voting for. I just want to make sure that people get out and vote. Do it early because on the day we, we tend to make excuses, right? Oh, I got busy. Oh, I forgot. Oh, it was rush hour. Oh, this happened. So get out and do it if you can starting this Friday with advance voting. And keep me in mind tonight. I want to hear your thoughts about that debate as you're watching it. Simi at cknw.com.